Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adults podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor and my co-host is Chris Johnson. We are glad that you took the time to spend the next 15, 20 minutes with us as we talk about what the study that's coming up. Joining Chris and myself is Brian Gass. Brian, thank you for taking the time to, uh, to be with us. Yeah, great to be here. Glad to join you. Now, uh, if you're a regular listener, you know that Chris uh, handles the senior adult portion of Bible Studies for Life. Brian also is a content editor. He handles the adult Bible Studies for Life, which is the um, best way to say it is it's kind of designed for all ages of adults who might be in the same Bible study together. And Brian, how long have you been in this role now? Wow, that's a good question. I would say probably more than five years now. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it seems like it's been a while. Just Boy, just time flies. And of course, I'll just let you know that Brian is also a, a former missionary uh, in Asia. Uh, he is currently serving full time with Lifeway in this role as an editor, but he is also a pastor, a bivocational pastor of a church here in Tennessee. And Good each times. week... Yeah, each week I just uh, I commend Brian for the, the the ministry and the work that he does there. So anyways. you're feeling it. You're feeling it, Lynn. You're you're serving as an interim pastor right now, and and you know the extra work and the load that uh, Brian's taking on, don't you? Which is why even now I'm especially saying, Brian, I really value what you do. <laughs> My plate is full, and I'm not complaining. I know Brian wouldn't complain. It's just sure. it's a good full. Oh yeah, no it's doubt. It's good full. So anyway, Brian, I'm glad you joined for us this uh, for this podcast. So we are looking at uh, a study on hope. Uh, the title of our study is "Living with Hope in a Broken World." So we're looking at uh, teaching, uh, Bible teaching from the Book of First Peter, where hope is a a continual theme throughout. I was, Brian, I was looking at your. Uh, resource as I was preparing for this conversation today and in it you have a picture of a a person standing on a scale um, and where there's a question asked uh, about what um, I can't I can't remember what the question was let me find it here when have you been fooled by something that didn't live up to its claims so you've got a guy a, a person standing on a scale and, and so that I, I, I laughed out loud when I saw it because my doctor for years has said you should every morning, first thing in the morning, um, get on a scale so that you know what your weight is. Yeah. And and so for the first time, this is ten years later. I'm I'm saying okay, I'm going to try this, and I've been I've been losing weight. I've been losing a half a pound a day. And today, when I stepped on the scale, I was up a half a pound from what I was yesterday. And I was like, okay, what did I do yesterday? What didn't I do yesterday? So. But in the past, whenever I stepped on a scale, the hope factor was, oh, I hope I'm better than I was last year or last uh, whatever. But every day, it kind of changes how you how you uh, feel when you step on that scale. Oh, no doubt. I don't know if you guys remembered, but a few years ago, I lost about 115 pounds. Oh, yeah. And I can tell you, it took a little bit more than hope. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. Good work. Well, what we're looking at here is, uh, is, as Chris has said, this is our expression of our hope. And here's what I want us to take our studies as, as we talk through this. Let's remember, this is the emphasis. Our hope in Christ changes how we view the world and how we live in it. Now, let me just stress that again. We have a hope in Christ, and that is to change how we view the world. It's to change how we live in the world. 
So we're gonna be, we're gonna just jump into First Peter uh, chapter one. We're gonna we're gonna look at verses thirteen through twenty five as we do this. And if you'll if you allow me, let me just read uh, start reading verse thirteen. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So as obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For as it is written, be holy because I am holy. I appreciate um, the fact that we're looking at this passage together. I think that it's important that we remind believers um, that, that this is God's word and his expectation for us. He is, and he expects that this is to be our goal. This is what we're to strive toward. Um, I'm, I've been amazed as I've looked at first Peter, uh, both from a preaching perspective and in teaching that he continues to, there's a, there's a running theme, a thread throughout first Peter where he's calling people to be, uh, to be faithful, to be obedient. Um, don't again, verse 14, don't be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. Uh, verse, uh, the end of verse 17, uh, conduct yourself in reverence during this time that you're living as strangers. So he, throughout this, um, uh, the book of first Peter, he's appealing to his people, um, do what's right, do, uh, make it obvious that you live differently, uh, from everyone else. If they're going to accuse you of something, let it be that they're, they're having to accuse you of your good works and the good things that you do. And, and I think that's a good theme and a good reminder for the church today. Well, and I appreciate as we talk about being holy, that it's cast in the light of the grace of God. Um, mm. Our hope is based upon grace. And I know I hear that sometimes, and I quote that a lot, and I think, be holy, be holy, be holy, as if, if I just remind myself of that enough, you know, I will muster up the holiness that I need. But uh, it really is based in grace, and that comes from Jesus. He's the one who does it in us. And and that's the point of, of this passage is, it, Brian, it does talk about holiness, but the grace, because he says, set your hope completely on the grace. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, he also, he, he, he drives us here to see that that's how we're supposed to live, uh, the positive side, live in holiness and grace, as opposed to living in conformity. And I think that's a question just, I think, chasing, what does that conformity to the world look like today? When you uh, told us you were going to ask us that question a few minutes ago, Lynn, I, I immediately responded, I'm afraid that in the church today, conformity, the church looks like the world. It looks like we have conformed to the world in a lot of ways and how we look, how we dress, how we act, what we do. Um, sometimes we're too much like the world. There's not any distinctive uh, between us and the world. Yeah, that challenge from uh, John that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Um, there's a lot of the world in us, that is for sure. We're, we're too much of the world, I'm afraid. And, and of course, there is a challenge there uh, to consider. When is becoming like the world, um, when does that become detrimental to our walk with Christ? Now, let me, you know, there's certain things in culture that they're, just, they're not moral. They're just... They're, they're just there. Uh, we, we conform to the culture because we drive cars now. You know, you know what I'm saying? There's sure. certain things. It's, it's just 
part of our life, but to discern the difference between, sure, it's okay to embrace using an iPhone, using, a, you know, using social media, but where does that turn into a conformity to the ways of the world, that, that, that negative, we're not living holy grace-filled lives. Yeah, we're not talking about methodology for sure. Sometimes that gets grouped in there, but I never hear people complaining about us conforming to the world with indoor restrooms in the church building. (laughs) (laughs) Good work, good work. And so there's, I think for us, there is that constant drive, the reminder to pray through for discernment. Okay, if I do this, is it conformity to the world? Uh, just to strive for that holiness. So we're talking uh, behavior. We're talking about lifestyle is some of the ways that we should be distinctive um, from, from the world. Um, and again, um, I, I'm not sure how well we are um, applying that word. I think, um, I think in, when most people, come into a church or join or walk into a group uh, and a gathering they they go oh th- these people are these people are like me and and i think there's some advantage to that i don't think that's a i don't think that's a horrible thing but um th- th- there's a fine line that we walk um that uh, we need to to be aware of the need to not be just like the world in our actions in our behavior um in our in our choices in what we um adapt uh it's it's just a it's kind of a slippery slope for us i was thinking about some of the conversations i've had with my teenagers in the past and uh, when they come home from school and they talk about the drama you know so and so is a drama queen or whatever it's and we talk about our home we want it to be a drama free zone you would hope that the church would really be a drama free zone because of the way that we treat one another it's true it's true. So I, again, I think the way to help us with that is, as Peter said here, to set your hope completely on the grace that comes through Christ. Uh, and, and we are to strive for holiness, but it's not in that legalistic type of sense. But if I'm focused on Christ, I think that's going to help me avoid some conformity. But there's always that ever prayerful discernment to know um, where, I'm, where, where if, if I am headed, Chris, as you said, that slippery slope to watch that now we, i know it sounds like we're talking a lot about conduct let's remember this is all tied to hope and grace living his grace so when you get to the uh the next section of scripture we're looking at starting in verse 17 there's an emphasis here as as we unpack this to say that yes we're also to live as god's people because we are redeemed so i want you to see it's not just the negative live as god's people and don't conform See the positive. We're to live as God's people because we're redeemed. Uh, he says there, and in, in, I'm going to pick up a little bit in verse 17, you are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time living as strangers. Why as strangers? We've been redeemed. We're no longer mm. part of this world. Yeah, it really is tied to what Jesus has done in us. It all grows out of that, that redemption. Yeah, he goes on to say that we're redeemed from our uh, the empty way of life that we inherited from the past, and um, that that's a good reminder for us. I think I think sometimes people who grow up in the church or have always been um, involved in Christian kind of things um, don't always give thought to uh, what it was like before. Um, I, I think that uh, it's always intriguing for me to listen to adults 
who come to faith in Christ uh, who have no church background um, to to see the huge difference that there is um, in in uh, decisions, values, lifestyles um, that that people are are making the change from, and uh, maybe that is an indictment on the church as well that we're not doing a good job of reaching people who um, uh, like uh, are mentioned here who um, who have no who have no background of church and then suddenly are uh, experience his redemption, receive his grace and, and things are so totally different. When I think about uh, my own background and uh, being redeemed from an empty way of life, you know, I had lots of plans, lots of dreams, lots of hopes, lots of things I, I wanted to do, but there was that overarching sense of purpose and what I was placed here for that was missing. And so when I see that from, phrase redeemed from your empty way of life. I think about the opposite of that and wow, how God fills us when he saves us with purpose and everything makes sense. Um, what we've been redeemed from begin, we begin to look forward to what we are redeemed to. How old were you when you became a believer, Brian? Um, I was 19. So I was an adult. Uh, I was one of those, uh, in a, a very small group, I guess I hear. Yeah, that's true. I uh, I love a story. I don't think this is a true story, but it, it, I love the humor in it and how it catches you about people sharing their testimonies. And we're always attracted to those testimonies uh, of those who are uh, adults who come to they come to faith in Christ uh, at an older uh, later age, and they have uh, because they were their empty way of life was obvious to everybody before they came to Christ. So the story's told this little, you know, 80 year old lady gets up to the platform to tell her testimony. And she begins to thank the Lord that for saving her from a life of drugs and prostitution. And she just starts blaming all these sins that God saved her from. And then she says, I was saved at the age of six years old. And I'm so thankful that God saved me from all that. And I thought, <laughs> That's a good point that we are saved from the potential of an empty way of life because even for those who, of us who come to faith in Christ at a young age. So, Oh yeah, no doubt. That's good. Now I want to, I want to move us now to uh, verses 22 to 25. And we see here where, where Paul, uh, Paul Peter said, since you have purified yourself by your obedience to the truth, hold on to that thought, your obedience to the truth so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart love one another constantly and then he reminds us because you have been born again through the living and enduring word of god there's a sense of reminder here that you know our hope in christ means we live differently where we've been redeemed by christ and now we live according to christ's word emphasis on god's word the importance of living according to it yeah, and love and truth being linked the way that they are, as they always are in Scripture. Uh, we know a lot of people who will emphasize the truth and just uh, pound people with it. And then there are people who are just mushy in their love and, uh, and look the other way to too much um, that is not true. So tying those two together is always important in Scripture. Sure. So uh, as we talk about this idea of that, how we express our hope in Christ, it changes how we view the world and how we live in it. So you see here that we talk about we're going to live in grace and holiness rather than in conformity. 
we're going to live as God's people because we've been redeemed and we live according to God's word. I mean, when we come to Christ, it changes us. It really does. And, and we need, uh, as, as uh, people who are involved uh, in, in groups who talk about the Bible, we, we need to be reminded um, that we are basing our lives on the teachings of God's word, the importance of knowing his word, uh, the importance of being obedient to his word. And that this, I think is an opportunity in our, in our group life to, uh, to lift up the value of, of the Bible, knowing God's word and living according to his word, being obedient to it. Good point. We want the Bible to meet life. No doubt about it. (laughs) Hey, that's a good name for a Bible study curriculum. <laughs> Bible studies for life. There you go. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today as we've taken a look at uh, what's coming up in, in this session, the expression of our hope. Uh, we, we do need uh, God's help to live with hope in a broken world. And he has um, already provided us with this promise that there is hope for us. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Uh, we want to encourage you to share with others that uh, if, if this has been valuable to you, that this might be helpful to them. Keep in mind people in your group that that maybe are sporadic in their attendance because of their uh, work responsibilities, mm. um, that, that this would be a way to, to keep up with kind of the conversation with what's going on in, in Bible studies in their, in their group life week by week. Uh, so that, that people don't feel like that they've, they've missed something. We also know that a lot of you are leading groups. So we want to thank you for taking the time to listen. And we always want to leave some time at the end to speak to you directly about some tips or some things that maybe will help you in your, in your work as in leading groups. All right, so Brian's going to offer us a teaching tip here in just a moment. But before he does, let me just remind you that there's some other options for us on how we do Bible study. Uh, Most of us use print books in our hands, but uh, we do offer also a digital version of these exact same studies, whether using young adult, the adult, the senior adult, the daily discipleship. There's there's digital versions of this. And there's also, for our adult and young adult, there is an EPUB version. You can pull it up right on your phone. It's a little more interactive than a PDF. But that is an option for some of your folks who may want to just uh, have it with them wherever they are in their uh, on their phone. Now, what we've learned with COVID-19, <laughs> as churches have, is we've had to find new ways to do Bible study. All of a sudden, people are discovering the value of those digital resources and so those are available for you uh personally i i i like using the i'm an old person but i like the digital format so uh, let's just just make you aware that's there uh leaders as your as whoever orders your material in church if you want just go to the biblestudiesforlife.com site you'll see alongside the print there's going to be options for epub and for the uh, uh digital versions brian do you have a tip for us Yeah, I was uh, looking through the leader guide that's a companion book to our personal study guide and uh, remembering uh, some of the activities that we put in the back. Um, We really give tips for integrating them throughout the lesson, but they're geared toward people's different learning styles. Um, One in particular said using a map app on your phone, challenge group members to find hope in the world. Of course, if you're living in a little town in Arkansas, 
and saw. Uh, that's real easy to do. I'm sure you find it everywhere. But uh, specifically, challenge them to find towns, stores, restaurants, or landmarks that contain the word hope. Ask someone in the group to restate the point to reinforce the importance of hope. And you might think, well, you know, I can do this lesson without that. But there are people who um, are tactile learners. Um, they're going to remember that point more when their hand is moving over their phone. And this is the kind of thing that even if you were meeting at a distance in a Zoom room or a Google chat room, uh, it would work just fine as well. All right. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. Again, thanks for listening to Bible Studies for Life podcast for adults and hope that you'll be with us next week.